I know that we talk a lot about the crucifixion. I don't think that we fully comprehend what was happening when Jesus came to this world and was born for one purpose, and that was to die. I don't think we can fully comprehend it, nor can any artist, nor can any Hollywood producer captivate everything that's involved in what happened when Jesus was crucified. I remember when the movie The Passion came out. To this day, I have never seen it, nor do I want to see it. I don't need Hollywood's rendition of what the Bible tells us. I don't need to look at an artistic rendition of what the Bible tells us. I'll never forget our oldest daughter went and saw it. And she came back and this was what she said. She said, Dad, I was so disappointed. I said, why? She said, because it couldn't even come close to the way you would describe it when you preach. He said, because they couldn't, they couldn't bring into it what the Bible teaches us. I said, praise the Lord. Because you see, when we realize everything, Jesus knew that when he came, I mean, he understood what he was here for. Remember, he said it himself, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. When he was, you know the song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Can I tell you, he was on our mind before he ever, ever came to this world and was born because from the beginning of time, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had you and I on his mind. We need to understand everything has a purpose and everything was towards because of man's sin and the separation from God that there had to be that payment for sin. It was shown in the Old Testament sacrifices established in the Passover in the book of Exodus, but it was fulfilled when Jesus Christ, which is the subject of this psalm, when Jesus Christ allowed himself to be taken so that he could willingly pay for our sins. For just a moment, I'd like for you to think about, and then I want to get to something really neat in this psalm. This describes some of the things that were happening surrounding that Passover time, surrounding this time. Jesus met with his disciples, uh, chapters 14, 15, and 16, as Jesus is meeting with them in the upper room, uh, even chapter 17, going, uh, then going to Gethsemane. And I'm telling you, there was a reason for that. He was preparing them. He'd been trying to prepare them for what was coming, but the time was at hand. And Jesus was going to be delivered to be crucified. We know Judas was not of them. He was with them, but he was not of them. He, he, when he took his life after betraying Jesus, it really, we call it a betrayal, but I'm just going to tell you, it was in his heart all along. He was not God's. There are people who argue and say, well, he went to hell because he committed suicide. Can I just tell you this? That's not the reason a person goes to hell. Suicide doesn't send anybody to hell. It shortens their life. They are just saying, I'm going to trust in what I can do. I'll take my life. I'm not going to trust God for the rest of my life. And I'm not trying to... Listen, I had one of our church members took his life in front of me and for, of his cousin in his home. I wish I could have prevented it. I could not. At 80, 84 years old, he decided he couldn't get along without his wife and decided 
he would take it upon himself and in his hands to end his life, there was still a lot more God could have used him for. But he's in heaven today. You see, suicide was just the means by which he died, but the reason he went to hell was because he rejected Jesus. That's the reason. And the Bible says he went to his own place. I'm not going to preach that today. I'm just telling you, all of this happened to bring to a point that Jesus would hang upon that cross. Join me for just a moment as we think about what happened when he was delivered into the hands of the soldiers and the, the religious crowd. I know there's a lot of argument that people say, well, the Jews didn't crucify him, the, the Roman soldiers did. Well, you can blame, the, 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 blame it all on the soldiers, but I'm going to tell you, it was their decision that brought him to that point and God allowing that to happen. The first words that he cried after they put him upon the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What came up to that point, I won't get into everything, but I think we miss it sometimes. You know, a lot of America has forgotten about where we came from. They're kicking history in the teeth and trying to do away with it. Can I tell you, they cannot do away with history. They can do away with symbols of history. But you can't undo history. Like the guy that, maybe I've shared this with you before, but there's a, two friends that were farmers and, and one of them believed in the Word of God and another one believed he could lose his, lose his salvation. I don't know how many times he had made a profession of faith, you know, and everything. And so he went off to some conference, came back and told his friend, and says, I got saved again. He said, what? How do you get saved? I just got saved again. He goes, well, you're not going to believe what happened while you were gone. What? He said, I was so tired from working. I crawled in my tractor, and I started my tractor and didn't realize that I started it in reverse, and I unplowed 40 acres. <laughs> and, the, and his friend said, you can't unplow 40 acres. And he said, that's right. You can't be unborn again either. Yeah. You know? Anyway. I didn't have that in my notes. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you that when we realize when Jesus was, was delivered up to be crucified, it was all in the plan of God. It didn't just happen because of the people, but the people were a part of it. They chose Barabbas over Jesus. But God was in that plan. God wanted Barabbas to know that he loved him. I'm sure he hung around and watched as Jesus was crucified because Jesus took his place as he took your place, my place on that cross. And so they, they brought him before Pilate. We know that Pilate declared him innocent and, and then Jesus was beaten. He was mocked. He was spit upon. They took that cat of nine tails, which, which is about three foot long and and the man who used it was a professional. They had pieces of pottery and, and rock and glass in the ends of those rawhide pieces of, uh, uh, those long pieces of rawhide, and they, had, and they held it within. So when he whipped that back of Jesus, he pulled it and pulled away his flesh. And the Bible tells us that he opened his back to the smiters. And in, in study of that, you find that his insides were almost to the point of falling out. They beat him spit upon him, mocked him, put a crown of thorns jamming it onto his head, bleeding, they led him to Calvary. 
everything that transpired going up, Simon of Serene being compelled to carry his cross as Jesus fell beneath the load. It wasn't the load of the cross for the reason he fell. It was the load of our sin. But he went to Calvary for you and I. He went to Golgotha. If you want to read the first appearance about that and the first testimony of it, go to Genesis 22 and read about Abraham taking Isaac to a land of Moriah. And there he was willing to sacrifice him on the mount thereof. That's what later was Calvary, Golgotha. And we find Jesus as he comes up and, and willingly lays himself upon that cross. They didn't have to force him as the other two thieves, as the, as the two thieves. Jesus wasn't a thief, he was innocent. But he willingly laid himself upon that cross, fulfilling his own words. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. No man taketh my life from me. Why? Because of his purpose. And then they raised him in the air and dropped him into, into that hole in the ground, pulling every joint of his body out of place, fulfilling Scripture as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And, many, and some of these verses here being fulfilled. And Jesus hung there. I'm telling you, he, he gave his life so we could have life. So when you read this and you begin to see about the cry of Jesus, as the, the words, I love the last seven words of Jesus, the last seven statements of Jesus on the cross. And finally, just before he said, Father, into thy hands do I come in my spirit, the, the phrase before it was, it is finished. I love, I love that song, but I love that statement. Because it means it's all settled. That's what it means. See, that which was established when man sinned against God uh, in the beginning and Adam sinned and, and, and Eve, she was deceived, but Adam was the one that willfully sinned. And, and uh, we will not get into all of that, I'm just, but I'm just saying God gave a picture of his grace and mercy when he shed the first blood for their sin. And that's what Jesus fulfilled upon the cross. And he willingly said, now it is finished. Amen. Then he could say, Father... Into thy hands do I commend my spirit. I think we've forgotten what Jesus went through for us. Oh, we talk about the crucifixion. We talk about he's crucified. We celebrate the resurrection today. That's why we're gathered on the first day of the week, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. That's why you're here. You say, well, I came because somebody invited me. Yeah, but you're here to celebrate with us the resurrection of Jesus. His death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. Amen. I'm telling you, it's so amazing the pictures that are given us. When you look at everything and talk about uh, the terrible reality of Calvary. When you think about in verses 1 through 6 that he was abandoned, so to speak, by God. God turned his face because Jesus had become sin. For us, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? To that degree, he had taken all of our sin, past, present, and future, upon him. He was our sin, who was a sinless sacrifice for us. 
And so we find the holiness of God, the holiest of man. And then we find something in verse number six that just blew my mind. I grew up in Kansas and I grew up fishing. We fished for, I mean, we had really rich soil right by our house. I love to go out there and dig up worms. I love those big old long earthworms that were about as thick as my finger because I knew when they got on that hook, that was going to get me the big one. Boy, we'd dig up a whole bucket full. If we're going fishing, going even on the river, we'd, we'd dig up a whole. So when I read that, but I am a worm and no man a reproach of men and despised of the people, I'm thinking, was Jesus saying that he had become a worm? I began to research it, and I found that doesn't, that's not the word that means maggot. That's not rama. I, I had to look it up as far as the, the Hebrew word. It, it, it doesn't, that means maggot, but it's toalath. I can't say it right, but that's okay, I'm a hick. <laughs> which means the crimson scarlet worm, which is a deep red, a deep scarlet and I thought, wow. So if it's not an earthworm, it's not a maggot, then the scar- So what is a scarlet worm? I love to ask questions, and I love to find out the answers to my questions if I can. So I begin to research. Let me tell you about the scarlet grub worm or the scarlet crimson worm. It has an active life about three to three and a half years. Isn't that interesting? And then, or three and, a half, three and three and a half months, I'm sorry. I was getting ahead of me. Something else I was reading about years. And so it, its whole purpose at the end of that three to three and a half months is to find an oak tree and to fasten itself to it. It's not a very big worm. Matter of fact, if you're looking for it, you're going to have to look very closely to find it. But when it finds that oak tree, it comes up on that tree and then it fastens itself to that tree and gives birth to young. After the young are born, I'm probably getting it out of order, but uh, there's so much here, and my t- writing is, I tried to put so many notes in my Bible, it's so small, now I'm having trouble reading it. But in three days, it gives birth, and for three days, the young feed upon the one who gave it birth. I find it interesting that Jesus said that our place of nourishment was Him that we were to feast or feed upon the bread of life. The young, in order to survive, feed upon the one who gave birth to them. Hello, attention Walmart shoppers. If we're saved, who gave birth to us? Someone asked me when we were shaking hands, where are you from? And I said, originally from my mother's womb. It's true. She gave birth to me. But the one who gave birth to who I am now, not talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually, that's Jesus. And I'm to 
feed upon him as the bread of life. On the fourth day, oh, and, and, and as a part of that three days, when they are born, that scarlet worm sprays them with a scarlet dye, and they are dyed scarlet for the rest of their lives. That dye, by the way, has been sought over and for for years, even before Jesus was crucified, for the dyeing of garments for use in the Passover and use in special, special things. Oh, don't have time to get there. Ooh, I got to hurry. Don't look at the clock. I'm watching it for you. I promise I'll let you go by this afternoon when the teens get up to give their... No, I'm done. So, at the fourth day, as that scarlet worm is dying and being consumed by those given birth to, that scarlet worm's tail curls up and forms a heart. Before it turns to white powder, as, as the young are gone, as it turns to a white powder and drops down from that oak tree. Turn to Isaiah chapter 1, if you would, for just a moment. Isaiah chapter 1. Verse number 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be what? White as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. When we get saved... We are washed in the blood of the precious Lamb of Jesus, of God, Jesus Christ. And we are to feast upon Him and feed upon Him, and we are to be a witness to the world of what He has done to us. And that powder is, that, that, that white powder that drops is used for medicinal purposes. It is used for a lot of different things. I'm telling you, there's so much about life that comes from the crimson word, worm. For you and I, so much about our life comes from Jesus. When you think about everything that he went through, I can tell you that when it talks about in verse number eight, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. That word trusted, there are seven distinct words in the Old Testament for trust, but the word used here appears nowhere else, and it means roll it on Jehovah, roll it on him. Our trust, must be solely upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our trust, it is not through religion that a person can get to heaven. It is not through good works unless, uh, that a person... I've been reading a book by Ron Reisner, who was a missionary to Russia, and uh, he was giving witness to a man who had grown up in a religion, and, and he shared with him because this, religion, this man said, I'm a good man, and I, I go to church, and he says... Let me show you a verse. He took him to Ephesians chapter 2, and it talks about that we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. 
the man ended up getting saved and the change that happened in his life is fulfillment of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, I mean, set up and take notice, all things are become new. And as the old country preacher, I know I've said it before, but as the old country preacher said, if you is what you was, you ain't. Because when we get saved, there's a change that happens in our life. All because of what Jesus did on Calvary. All because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, this is just not a happenstance. This is not just something, just a fad. This is something that is all centered in Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit who indwells me and every person who gets saved. But it's all about the payment for our sins and the way to heaven. And when we're going, we have a job to give witness about what he did for us. Let other people know. This past Resurrection Sunday, I preached on the road to Emmaus. I had never preached on that before. Oh, my soul. It wasn't the road that was so special. It's what happened on that road. When Jesus, when they were, they were, so, they were discussing everything about how Judas Iscariot had I'm sure they talked about how he denied the Lord, how he, he, he betrayed him, and probably talking about the crucifixion is so sad, and, and this guy shows up and starts walking with them and asking about what's happening and the conversation. It was Jesus that was there talking to him, but they didn't know it. And so they said, it's late, come and, and abide with us. And so they did, and and then the time came when he revealed, they realized who he was, and then he was gone, but then their countenance was changed. Hey, that's what happens when we get saved. Our countenance, our being is changed. We have a desire. We have a, something to live for. We have something in our life, a ministry for us to tell other people what Jesus, just tell them what he did for you. Why? Because God loves us. And a thousand years before the crucifixion, the psalmist wrote about what was going to take place. And the pictures that we have, it's not an accident. It's all on, on purpose because God loves you and he loves me. And if you're not saved, I just want you to know you can trust in your religion all you want, but it's not going to get you there. It's got to be a faith in Jesus Christ. You've got to trust in him you got to be born again. And if you're not sure today, if you're not 100% sure you're going to heaven, you need to make sure of that. Amen. You look at the other things that were here. I don't, we don't have time. The cruelty of the men in verses 11 through 16. How he was abused uh, by Satan in verses 19 through 21. I'm telling you, listen, it was open season on Jesus. But it was all for us. Amen. It was all for us. Amen. And he didn't stay in the grave. Hence the word borrowed. I've mentioned this before. My sons still do not understand that word. Because they have many tools and things that they borrowed from me that they have not returned. But Jesus returned what he borrowed because he only needed it for three days and three nights. And he's alive, seated at the right hand of God. Don't you just love when he ascended to the Father? I just see those men standing there and the angel says, ye men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up? This same Jesus that ye have seen go shall come again. 
hey, I'm okay if it happens today. So here's the question. If it did happen today, are you going to heaven or not? It's not through the religion. It's not through church membership. It's only through the blood. And those of us who are saved, you know, this world, uh, I said this earlier, it's an exciting time to be alive. (laughs) I've read the end of the book and God wins. And there's going to come a time when those who are cursing God, you know, during 2020, I remember seeing a gal holding a sign. It was not one of those signs that someone saw a sign and printed over it to make some thing. She had a sign up that said this, if Jesus comes back, we'll just crucify him again. And I thought, young lady, you don't even know what's going to happen when he comes back. Because the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I had, had a gal call me in question, says, doesn't it say should instead of shall? I said, yeah, it does. But you look at what's going to happen. They will bow. Because they will recognize he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And then they're going to have to serve him. Hello? We get to rule and reign with him. We'll get to, I, I hate, this is going to offend some people, but we're going to ride back on horses. And you'll be able to ride even if you don't know how. If you like one that bucks, he'll buck, but you'll stick. I'm just telling you, it's going to be fun. I, I could, never could convince my preacher about that. He said, I'll just stay by the stuff. I said, you're going to miss out on so much. Listen. I'm telling you, God's word is true. And you can say, I don't believe it. But because you don't believe it doesn't change it. It's still true. And the only way you're going to get to heaven is through Jesus. And if we are saved, the only way we can honor God is by making sure our life is pure and clean for Him and we live a life that honors Him. And if there's anything that hinders our walk, we need to take care of it because that's sin. God loves us. And God wants to do something great in your life today. Romans 5, 8 says this, and I'll close. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment?